is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Danielle Grant to the show. Danielle, welcome. Thank you, Caroline. I'm delighted to be here and talking to so many working women that are facing the kind of battles that we all have to go through in life. Oh, and Danielle, I'm eager to dive into a juicy conversation. You are going to talk to us about how leaders can improve their leadership skills by being more emotionally intelligent and removing their ego. So so let's get started because your new book is called Leading Beyond the Ego, How to Become a Transpersonal Leader. And we're going to unpack that in great detail. But let's start with, is ego a negative quality in leadership? Healthy ego is not a negative quality. Um, It really depends on what you're looking at as ego. We all have to have, and women is really crucial, a healthy self-esteem. And self-esteem is rather different from an overweening ego. When people go out to do things just to look good for themselves and to pander to their own desire for power, prestige, recognition and reward, then ego gets in the way of doing the right job for the organization and for the people around you. Whereas healthy self-esteem allows you to have self-assurance and to stand up and be counted and to be robust in the face of challenges that come through the organizational life. However, what it doesn't mean is that you put yourself first and center all the time in preference to all the other stakeholders that will ultimately make or break your organization. You know, Danielle, sadly, we see so many uh, ego-driven leaders in the corporate world today, in politics. It be, it seems to be pervasive. Is that just the American lens that I'm looking through right now, or do you see that around the world? I think we see it generally around the world. There are some pockets where people uh, look at the well-being of all the stakeholders in their organization but there are not that many of them, and there are a few great ones that we can all look look at, but we will never be them. So we're never going to be a Nelson Mandela or a Mahatma Gandhi or a Mother Teresa, or even if I'm trying to think of any global political leaders beyond those that, that really resonate. There's the, the chap that used to run Cummins in the, in the United States for about 40 years, and um, he was what I call a transpersonal leader and um, an inclusive leader. But we do get them, but um, they're not prevalent. And the reason I think they're not prevalent is because people tend to hire in their own image. Hmm. Yeah. And that's a Stone Age default. We feel comfortable with people like ourselves. And in Stone Age days, that was kind of useful. You needed to identify friend from foe. But in today's world, actually, it is diverse thinking that creates successful, sustainable organizations. So let's dig deeper because you write about this concept of transpersonal leadership. So tell us more about that and what does it mean to be a transpersonal leader? Okay, so the first point is that we realized some years ago that whilst emotional intelligence was recognized as being very important 
for success as an organizational leader. You could be highly emotionally intelligent, but at the same time, demonstrate poor values and be totally manipulative of other people. And we can all think of people that we have come across in our lives and out on the world stage that behave like that. They manipulate people to their own ends. So being a transpersonal leader is about what comes beyond emotional intelligence. It's about having that ethical and moral compass that enables you to create decisions that are in the interests of all the stakeholders, not just your own power, prestige, recognition or reward. So I'll give you a, an example. You could be making a decision about um, about a factory closure, for example, and you've got choices to make about amongst your factories. If you were an egotistical leader, you would choose the one that perhaps celebrated you the least or the one that would give you the least bad publicity or something that um, was about you and the finan pure financial impact on your organization without considering any other aspect. Whereas if you were a transpersonal leader, you would look at the communities that those factories serve and the impact on the local economy, um, as well as the impact on the employees and your reputational impact on you personally would be somewhere in that thinking, but it wouldn't be at the top of your list. So when we talk about a transpersonal leader, it's a leader that brings their values into every decision and they create a touchstone for themselves of what's really important um, for the well-being of the organization and i can look back at leaders that ran organizations a hundred years ago or more and you may know of some of these organizations or not but you will know things like the mars corporation yes and in the uk we had play people like cadbury's um, who was another organization um, and they created villages for their workers and they had a sense of um, moral responsibility in what they were doing in order to help people get off gin or whatever the other deprivations of the time in, in the 19th and 20th century were, but they didn't just run their organizations for profit motive and to um, be celebrated themselves. They ran their organizations with consideration of their employees and their communities as well as other, uh, as well as their, their shareholders. And a lot of these organizations were in fact privately owned and they survived for over a hundred years. Whereas we look at listed companies that um, are no longer listed anymore. Wow. So I'm really hearing that these transpersonal leaders who, who created transpersonal organizations had a clear sense of purpose that was shared by everyone. So this pervasive uh, ethics and caring uh, was not just at the top. It was throughout the whole organization. That's absolutely true, and I can give you, it may be a slightly local example, but when I graduated from my master's program, we had a talk by a gentleman by the name of John Timpson, and uh, he used to own, or his family owned, a chain of shoe stores, um, and he realized that the shoe manufacturing was moving to the Far East. So he thought, I've got a collapsing business, what do I do? So he created a business around shoe repairs. Um, and that business, he called it upside down management. 
he gave the local store managers the power to set pricing and to resolve disputes without recourse. So he was empowering the people in the organization to take responsibility and to be accountable for the success of their local business. And the good business reason behind it was that research showed that people will spend about 30% of the value of a pair of shoes on repairing them. So if you were in a very expensive area, so let's just say you're in Beverly Hills or in London in Chelsea, the price that you would be paying for your shoes would be substantially different from a ghetto in the back streets of Chicago, for example, or a you know, low income uh, area in, in the East End of London. And so they, by allowing each store manager to set their pricing, they were able to maximize profitability and maintain good customer relationships and resolve disputes. But beyond the way he ran his business, as he's handed the reins to his son, his son has now developed a policy of hiring ex-offenders and helping them turn their lives around. And some of these ex-offenders are now some of their most successful um, store and regional managers. And that permeated the way he lived his life because he explained how he and his wife fostered over 30 children into their home and into their lives through, his, through their marriage. Wow. So this is a guy that lived his life in alignment with the way he ran his organization and has cascaded that down to his children. That's an incredible story. Thank you so much, Danielle, for sharing that. So I have a question. So we we see the ego-driven leaders and then uh, this lovely concept of the transpersonal leader. Is the, the ego-driven leader rehabilitatable? Can they come back from the dark side and become a transpersonal leader? Or is it is it just better to say, let's just start f- fresh, right, and, and groom and develop transpersonal leaders from the ground up? Well, that would be lovely. And certainly, you know, we'd like to, to see transpersonal leaders growing from the ground up. And we, we anticipate and hope that will happen, especially as we get involved with universities and MBA programs. However, everybody can rewire their brains. They can rewire their emotional intelligence. We've all had the situation where we've had what one could call the aha moment. And as a coach, that's something, Caroline, that you'll be very familiar with. Absolutely. It's that moment of insight So if any leader, however set in their ways are, is willing to open their minds just a little bit and they have an insight that says, this isn't working, Um, what can I do differently? Within the book and with the help of of a great coach, they can have those insights and follow the steps in the journey, which are really clearly laid out. Um, and they can rewire their brains through neuroplasticity. So let's think about anything you learn in life, whether it's driving a car, whether it's uh, learning a language or anything else, you learn it by through repetition, through focus and practice, um, and it becomes new good habit. So when you drop an old habit, let's just say you have a habit of interrupting somebody halfway through their conversation. You can become aware of that and you can make some conscious decisions about waiting and not waiting to jump in to um, anticipate what they're going to say and realizing that actually the last thing they say might be the most important. So listening attentively through to the end. So the more that you do that, the more it becomes your natural default. 
Um, and that's one very tiny secret of developing empathy, which is one step on the journey of becoming a transpersonal leader. Um, and for each of us, the steps will be different. So, for example, particularly in some uh, of the eastern countries, in Indian places, we have encountered leaders that are very spiritually intelligent. They're very comfortable with the concept of connecting with humanity and thinking about um, a, 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 um, a reality beyond themselves. And I don't mean religion by spirituality. I mean about that interconnectedness of, of the human condition across the world, whoever we are and wherever we come from. Whereas um, you, in, they have still missed some steps in the emotional intelligence journey. So we've met people that are up there, but actually the basics of providing feedback in a way that is um, empathetic, that resonates with somebody that they can take on board and that they see as helpful and developmental is missing and they can be quite harsh and judgmental. So for everybody, the place they are in the journey may be different. And it's an iterative model in as much as that, um, like there may be days when we are in our flow and we are behaving in a very transpersonal way and everything is going beautifully. And then other days when we are under the cosh um, we kick the cat, we shout at our kids, and we go into the office with a black mood over our heads, and that impacts everybody around us. So we're not always on an upward uh, trajectory. We have to accept that we're human beings and we're fallible. But the more we practice these behaviors, the more they become ingrained and part of who we are. Daniel, I'm so glad that you gave the audience globally permission to understand it is an iterative process. And and I, I liken it when you said practice. You know, people that practice yoga say they never become experts. They're always a work in progress. And I think there's some uh, similarity in leadership. True leaders that can let go of that ego really want to hone their rational intelligence, their emotional intelligence. And thank you for introducing me to spiritual intelligence. That makes tremendous sense. For us, spiritual intelligence is a combination of two things. It's your values and purpose and the actions you take to put those into effect because we can have wonderful values and purpose. And I think most leaders, even the most egotistical ones, when it comes to their nearest and dearest, probably have pretty sound values. The problem is when they leave them in the car park with their, with their Mercedes SL. Um, you know, it, it, that's when it stops working, when the values that they apply at work are different from the values they would apply with their families and the people that they really care about. And that's what we want to um, help people realize, that that congruence, that being authentically who you are um, and being able to show yourself up as who you are and bring those values into full consciousness in all your decisions and then bring them into being. So that's about having the intense will to do so, the resilience to bounce back. It's about the drive to put things into action and not just sit there thinking them because they're great thoughts, but how do they get out there into the world? So, Danielle, you speak so eloquently in the book about the need to operate beyond the ego by raising your level of consciousness. So help help the listener who is in that leadership role understand the role that ego and consciousness plays. And what I'm getting at is people that have sounding boards or coaches or trusted uh, advisors in their world have someone to bounce ideas off of. 
not everybody has that yet in their professional life. So how do you get to that sense of raising your level of consciousness? Well, there's a process of, of reflection that um, can take place and people can self-reflect if they're prepared to be honest. There are a number of assessments that they can take. Um, I mean, one that, that we use, which, which focuses mainly on emotional intelligence, but is called uh, the Leadership and Emotional Intelligence Performance Accelerator, LEAPA. And you do that with a, with a coach generally, um, but it allows you a snapshot. We also have a free app which allows you to do a self-assessment of those emotional intelligence competencies and leadership style, which is called Leader Shaper. And people can find that free on uh, on the Google Play Store or, or on the uh, the App Store, and they can play with that and start to be try and be honest with themselves about what their general behaviours and habits are. And they can actually get somebody else to do the free app for them, thinking about them, so that they get a comparison of how somebody else sees them. But having done that bit of self-reflection, whether you use a tool to help you do it or not, we then would suggest that people um, create their own, what we call a transpersonal touchstone, which exists in our book, which is about identifying from a whole raft load of values that may be things like resilience, honesty, integrity, excellence. As we, we've listed a whole lot of them, but they are not necessarily um, the only ones that exist. So we've divided them into soft and hard and also into ones that deal with how we put those things into action. And that transpersonal touchstone is available in, in our book um, and people can create that for themselves. And they, having worked through what is important for their values and their personal purpose and considering what their purpose in life is and trying to think about those things when they're making a decision to say, well, does this resonate with what I believe my purpose is? Does this um, decision adhere to the values that I state are really crucial to me? And are my values aligned with my organizations? So, you know, I once uh, had a relationship with somebody who used to walk into an elevator and turn around and he'd say, um, I've got friends I haven't even used yet. And that would strike horror into my heart. And he'd say he was joking, but to me, that's no joke. Right. And I realized that his values and my values were incompatible and I couldn't maintain a friendly relationship with that person. I've never cut them off. I would still, if they were in trouble or they asked me for a conversation or for help, I would still always be there. But it was not a relationship that that resonated with my values. And if I was listening to that person in decision making, I would probably find that the decisions didn't resonate with my values and purpose either. Danielle, what a joy to have you on the show. Your book is extraordinary, and I want to mention your collaborators. John Knights and Greg Young were all part of this extraordinary collaboration to write Leading Beyond the Ego, How to Become a Transpersonal Leader. And I'll tell you, it is one of my favorite new resources. As a coach, I am encouraging people to 
get this into their personal library because it's filled with action steps that all of us can reflect upon and put into action to really think about how we can become more conscious about what we value and lead and become transpersonal leaders. So I'm grateful to you for being on the show today. It's my great pleasure, Caroline. And of course, the book is available widely uh, internationally, and I think one of the best ways for our international audience to get it is on Amazon. I'm I'm sure there are other online resources as well as brick-and-mortar retailers as well, but I know I got my copy on Amazon. So, Danielle, I wish you continued success, and I will be following you closely. Thank you very much, Caroline, and uh, I do hope that... uh, the book becomes a source for good in in the corporate world and in small businesses too. I couldn't agree more. And to those listening, if you like the show, do subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and leave us a review and let us know what career development themes you would like for us to discuss on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins or you can email me directly, caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening. Whoa.